This is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you decided to listen to This Week in the Word today. It is a standalone episode entitled Rapture Ready, Imminence and Convergence. This episode is for Sunday, July 2nd, 2023. Last week, we completed Revelation, God Rules, a study of the book of the Revelation. And a very normal question at this point would be, where are we in the flow of future Bible prophecy? Well, I think of the Peanuts comic strip. And in one of those comic strips, Linus said to Charlie Brown, that life is difficult, isn't it? And Charlie Brown said, yes, it is. But I've developed a new philosophy. Linus asked him, what is that? Charlie Brown said, I only dread one day at a time. (laughs) We live in a world that is right before our eyes is going insane, which is very understandable because That's what we are warned happens in the book of Romans in chapter 1 when people dismiss God from their thinking, from their minds, from their lives. They go insane. Read Romans 1. So the question is, where are we in the flow of future Bible prophecy? Can we have some idea of how close we are to the rapture of the church, to the tribulation, and at the end of that, the return of Christ to set up his kingdom on the earth. How close is all of that? Well, in a movie made in 2017 called The Coming Convergence, And you can read a lot about that at a blog called Gospel Life Learning. It's a blog by Sherry Peavy. I highly recommend that. You can go there and learn more about this. But I was looking for a list of events that are starting to happen all at the same time that are events predicted by the Bible, and and many of them specifically by the Lord Jesus Christ himself, during his earthly ministry. So let me quote from the coming convergence. Even more importantly, we are right now seeing a convergence of the signs of natural disasters increasing in frequency and intensity simultaneously with the converging of the prophesied global political staging and with the prophesied economic upheaval. Also from that same film, The Coming Convergence. So what do the remaining unfulfilled prophecies proclaim? Review these carefully as these prophecies will come to pass in our near future. The remaining prophecies foretell a sequences of events resulting in an unprecedented union of world countries 
and economic systems. But once the world achieves this new union, humankind will be on the brink of chaos and so many catastrophic political and natural events will have occurred that two-thirds of the global population will be dead. And so actually what I just read, some of that was a, a mixture of what Shiri Peavy wrote and what was quoted directly from the coming convergence. Now, as you think about what we're going to talk about here today, you might be tempted to say, man, things are falling apart. Well, they're not falling apart. I like to think of them as they're falling into place. They are converging in rapidity and intensity. I'm going to give you 13 things. And this is certainly not all of them. Uh, a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, some of that time, time all gets mixed up lately with me. <laughs> but a while ago, I saw a list of predicted events in the Bible that we are seeing, if it's not the events being fulfilled, it's setting the stage for those things to actually take place. And I can't quote the whole list, but it was something like 25 things. But these would be examples of what I saw on that list. I wish I could find it again easily. Number one, and this, this is a big one, is the rebirth of the nation Israel. And we see that predicted in Ezekiel, in the Bible, Ezekiel chapter 37. Now, never, ever, 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 in any way, in any shape or form, has there ever been any country that's gone out of business in 1,800 years later, it came back together as a country its dead language was revived, and it was back in the land that it had previously existed in. This has never happened. Nothing like this remotely has ever happened in world history. So the rebirth of Israel in a day, just as God predicted in the Bible, and it happened on May 14, 1948, at the United Nations, and uh, physically in the land of Israel, that occurred. And Israel has to be around for the end time events to be fulfilled. It has to be around for the Lord Jesus Christ to return literally, physically, actually to the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem and deliver Jerusalem and the Jewish people. So, that's probably the biggest one. That's number one. That's already happened. Number two, the Lord Jesus Christ warned that there would be wars and rumors of wars. He said that uh, ethnicities and, and kingdoms, you know, uh, would, would rise against each other, that war would be going on and, and people would be hearing about others that are about to happen. That's happening right now, everywhere. And I think if you step back and take a look at what he's saying there, I think it's the idea of world wars, not just like some insignificant conflict over here in 
some third world country that doesn't bother anybody else in the world. We're talking about wars going on everywhere all the time at the same time. There's never been anything like we are seeing in recent times. And especially wars with the weapons that could, it, it won't, but it, they could literally wipe out the entire human race. The human race will never be wiped out. But the weapons that we have today, if they were all used, if God allowed it, they could wipe out human life on earth. That's not what's going to happen, but you can see the power of those weapons. Number three, diseases and famines. Been to, around any pandemics lately? Uh, nothing like what we went through in 2020, and I have an opinion about that, and you might as well. And we're all entitled to our opinions based on what we see with our eyes, all right? But nevertheless, whatever our opinions may be, there never in world history has been anything like that that impacted the entire world all at the same time. And this is only going to increase more and more, just, just as when a woman gives birth, the labor pains initially are, are, they get her attention for certain, but it's only a heads up that it's going to get worse before the baby's born. And every mother can testify to that. So diseases and famines where people literally are starving to death. Now, you may not know anything about what I'm about to say, but before you dismiss it, do your own homework first. There, let's put it this way. If I were to sit down and write a plan to create famines in the world, destroying crops, outlawing crops and farming and harvesting, that's going on, by the way, uh, food uh, distribution and storage facilities and uh, processing facilities, uh, I would destroy those. And there have been more of those that have mysteriously burnt down or blown up within a, a year or two with no real explanation. It's very weird. Say, so well, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Hey, go, go learn something. Okay? And then... Um, you know, anyway, if I was to, to design a war based on food, and if you get rid of enough of that, you could kill your enemies. That's an ancient tactic of famine, like a siege around a city is designed to starve that city out into surrender or extinction. That's an ancient tactic. Only now it appears to be happening in many places with no logical explanation. Number four, uh, persecution. There have never been more martyrs for their faith in Christ or people martyred for their faith in Christ than probably in the 20th century. And we, we are well on our way in the 21st century. Just because people 
worship the Lord Jesus Christ, they are being slaughtered all over the world. Number five, one world government. Now, there has never been at any time in human history a government that controlled the entire world, but the Bible predicts that there will be such a human government just prior to the return of Christ to set up his global kingdom of righteousness. There are many, many political leaders, I would say almost down to every one of them, that are working feverishly right now and people in business and every uh, thing you could think of, education, sciences, religion, and all of that, who are working together to achieve a one-world global government. Chief among them, Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum. This is their stated intention. The United Nations, the stated intention of the United Nations, Agenda 2030, and the World Economic Forum is to bring the world under the control of one completely authoritative world government. So well, what's wrong with that? Well, the Bible predicts that's the thing that's going to happen, and it will be treacherously tyrannical, by the way. But that's what's going to happen just before he returns. Now, if you didn't know that, now you know, and now you ought to start saying, wait a minute, you know, because that's the aim. In fact, I think it was this week or last week, and I'm recording this in the second day of July, and I don't have the exact date, but in the last week or two, the, I think it was a United Nations agency said, hey, we got to kickstart this thing, and we got to make this happen within seven years. And I'm not making that up. They actually said seven years. Say, well, so what? Well, the tribulation <laughs> will be seven years. All right. So you may say, well, that doesn't prove anything. All right, just set that aside just a minute. The secular powers that be right now have stated within the last week or two that they're going to do everything they can, pull out all the stops. Everybody's got to do more than they can possibly do and get this thing going because we're going to have world government by 2030. That's what they said in the last couple of weeks. Number seven, the Bible predicts a one world financial system. Now, if listen, if you're completely unaware that this is being put in place right now, there's almost no hope for you. <laughs> but if you are even half awake, you, you know from what you can read and hear and see if you pay attention to the right things, listen to what the government and financial leaders of the world are saying. They want right now to put the world into a one-world financial system that they control, and they can control you through a central digital currency. In other words, you no longer have cash. You no longer get a, a literal paycheck, and you can cash it and 
you own the money, you can do with what you want, you're paid uh, digitally, and with a click of a mouse, if you're not in agreement with what the government just said, or you don't hold the right social views, or whatever, your money can be clicked away. Well, that can't happen. Happen to the Canadian farmers and others who protested in Canada. Their money was simply removed in the banks. If you don't know what I'm talking about, shame on you. But if you go search that out, you'll see what Justin Trudeau did. That's just a little tiny look at what's coming in the future of the world. And the reason they want digital currency is if everyone is forced into that, then they, they then control everyone. And you can see, obviously, if they control the food and they control the, the money, they control the world. It's not hard to see that. Something else that's going to happen in the future is a future invasion of Israel by a, a very odd coalition of Iran, Libya, and Syria, and Russia. Huh. You think that'll ever happen, Pastor Ed? Oh, guess what? All four of those countries are now working officially. They've signed documents, you know, stuff that governments do. They've done all of that, and they are working together officially, and they are all in the Middle East, and they all hate Israel. That's exactly what's going to happen, and the four countries that are named are actively partners together in an alliance right now. I think, regardless of how soon the rapture of the church happens, I think something that is also very imminent is that Gog-Magog invasion of Israel and God miraculously destroys that invading force to protect his people, Israel. That's very doable in the near future. Say, well, isn't Russia all tied up with Ukraine right now? I don't know what's going on there. But I tell you what, if Russia makes a hard right turn, they are rolling into Israel with this coalition they have. All right, now, what about weather and uh, natural events, like, you know, not only storms, but earthquakes and that kind of thing? Is there any increasing intensity there? Uh, yes, there is, actually. Now, the geological uh, United States... Geological Survey said there's not, but when you take their own data, now I could never do this, but there's some eggheads, <laughs> eggheads on our side who are more than able to do it, who've taken the Geological Survey, uh, their, you know, their numbers, and they run them through their systems, and guess what? What it shows, I've, I've seen this displayed graphically, is on a, like a graph of uh, frequency and intensity, it's clearly happening. Earthquakes are happening more and more, and they're stronger and stronger. And it's right there on a the graph, and the graph is going up and up and up. So I don't know why the U.S. Geological Survey said what they said, but their own data put into a graph, it's obvious. There are more and more earthquakes happening in widespread places all over the world 
and there's stronger and stronger devastating earthquakes and then of course tsunamis and all of that. I don't know if you've noticed, but we don't just have rain anymore. Have you ever, have you noticed that? When I was a kid and growing up and even, you know, probably to within the last I don't know, five years or ten years, you know, just used to rain. It rained and it went away. Maybe it rained two or three days and it stopped and there was sunshine and then it would rain again. Everything appears to be severe weather. And that's not just the TV stations doing it for ratings, although I think they do that. Everything's a storm. But I'm just talking about the actual weather we have. Uh, I mean, it's like, this is weird. Now, here's one where you're probably going to go, uh-uh, that's not true. Search it for yourself and prove me wrong. There are 120 countries in the world that say, I mean, they admit, they say it, that they have some weather modification efforts that they uh, do within their government or military or whatever they have. 120 countries. I said, well, why would people or governments want to control the weather? Well, again, Food is a weapon, or the lack of it. Um, you know, dealing with an economy of a country or a world is a weapon. And um, weather can be a weapon. What if you could just drown all your enemies? Or what if you could withhold rain and they couldn't grow anything and they all died? Problem solved, right? The way governments look at it. But there's 120 companies countries that have weather modification programs. Now, I'll give you this. Probably 110 of them are just wannabes, but there's probably 10 countries in the world. The United States has such efforts. It's not a secret and has had it for a long time. I'm sure China does, Russia, and, you know, the larger countries in the world, probably England and France and so on. Probably doesn't matter that France has one. They wouldn't use it anyway. But I digress. Now, what about another one? Here's one. The days of Noah and the days of Lot. In other words, uh, times, things are happening in our society and culture like they were happening in the days of Noah before the flood destroyed the, the world and the days of Lot before the uh, judgment of God, the fire fell on Sodom and Gomorrah. When you think about, uh, I can't even keep up with this anymore, nor do I want to, the LBGTQ, ABC, whatever, all that stuff, and the, um, the whole transgender thing. I mean, do you realize that we are raising a generation of people who don't even know whether they're a boy or a girl anymore? This is mental insanity. This is absolutely insane. And it's so sad and so unnecessary. But these kinds of things, uh, among many other things as well, that's for sure, violence and so on, are examples of the days of Noah and Lot, just as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so shall it be before the Lord returns, and, and we are seeing, um, we're seeing evil 
on the march. On Instagram, Facebook, everywhere you turn, whether you want to see it or not, everywhere. You cannot go to a Major League Baseball game without being confronted by this evil. Then there is predicted to be an age of massive deception. Jesus said the deception would be so strong that if it were possible, even the elect, the chosen of God, would be deceived. Now, he he won't let that happen, but that's how powerful it is that he has to prevent that from happening to his elect. And, you know, most of the world will be taken in by deception. Then number 12, the whole transhumanism thing. One of the goals of the uh, thought leaders of the world and the governments of the world is to turn people, I'll just grab a term that we can kind of wrap our minds around, turn people into cyborgs or, um, you know, $6 million men or something where, where they're part man and part machine and eventually mankind is swallowed up completely by the machine. Uh, that's already starting. I mean, the initial steps in that are already underway. And then 13, we'll just start with this one, artificial intelligence. Many people interpret a, um, a statement made at the end of the book of Daniel may possibly refer to things like artificial intelligence. And people, this, this always floors me, people are actively creating this or saying, this is terrible, and they're warning us, and yet they get up on Monday and go back to work on this. <laughs> that makes no sense. But anyway, that's what's happening. The, even the people working on this are starting to warn, and, I, and I'm talking about some people at the very top of it from the beginning, that we have got to put limits on this the entire world does, or AI will own us. And that's possibly also what the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't know this for sure, but he said that the days would be shortened or no flesh would be saved. Could that possibly mean that part of the Antichrist program is merging man and machine, and that if he were not stopped, that humankind would be swallowed up? Uh, I, I don't know, I can't say that for sure, but that is really intriguing to think about. Could that possibly be an, an, an application or implication of what the Lord may have been referring to? Now, don't quote me saying, Pastor Red said, I'm, I'm not saying that's what it means, but it, it, it could. I can see how it could be part of it. I think it mainly means with, humankind being destroyed by war and famine and the judgment of God and all of that. But uh, AI may certainly play a part in that. So now that I've totally brightened your day, let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. And if you love the Lord and you've been in the word for a long time, you already know that that's the passage or one of the many passages, but a very a major one about the rapture of the church, which, by the way, no matter what your liberal preacher has said or not said about it, the rapture is a real thing in the Bible. Yes, 
True, sincere Christians do debate about when it will occur. Without apology, I believe that it is pre-tribulational and not because I want it to be. I think that's the best view that matches Scripture. There's too many other problems with the other views. And I think it's the promise of the Lord, as we saw in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. Anyway, I don't want to get all into the details of the rapture here, but this is what I want to show you. We often think when we read the Bible today that when Paul wrote, for example, 1 Thessalonians, that um, that like when he got to this part, he, he called it chapter 4, verse 13, all the way to verse 18. But the the chapters and the verses were added later to help people in reading the Bible. So when the Lord inspired his word, it was like a long letter. Hang with me. So 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, about the rapture, with no break, flowed right into 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 through 11. It's just one big, long uh, part of a, a uh, what we would say would be a five-chapter letter. That's how I want to read this to you today. I want you to hear it like the first uh, people in Thessalonica, when they got this letter from Paul, what they heard. So think again about the warnings from the Lord and from Paul about the imminence that is the impending nearness of the rapture of the church and all the things associated with the tribulation and the return of Christ and convergence that all of a sudden these things are happening in increasing frequency and intensity simultaneously with the converging of the prophesied global political system and the prophesied uh, one world economic system. All of this is starting to flow together and it is speeding up, my friends. Now, you may not ever study any of this, like current events, like what happened last week, what's going to happen later this week, and what may happen the week after that. You may just go about your life completely unaware of any of this. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say that's okay, but I'm gonna say that's okay. I get it. But God has people like me who we see this and we warn. We are like watchmen on the wall, and that's what I'm doing. Okay, I get it. Your job's hard. You're wiped out when you come home. Although, I could say to you that nobody pays me a dollar to do this podcast. And guess what? Although I have been a full-time pastor in the past, I'm not now. And I'm like William Carey, who, who cobbled shoes while he longed to be a missionary, a world missionary. But he, he worked very hard every day. And he studied the word and prayed at night. And guess what? God honored the prayers of William Carey. He is thought of as the father of the modern missions movement for about the last, 
250 to 300 years. Well, I'm not actually like William Carey. I'm not great. I'm just saying that I work very hard, uh, but because I have, I believe, a responsibility to the Lord as a watchman, then I work even harder, or after I've worked hard, I work hard some more to try to stay up with what is going on. Anyway, I'm just going to read this. I'm not going to tell you when I ended one chapter and started the other. I don't even want you to take notes. Just hear this. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words." But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation." For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do." That's God's word in the end of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 
and the first part of Thessalonians chapter 5. So, now I'm pre-tribulation on rapture. And I've studied this just about since I became a Christian. So I've been reading and studying this and trying to understand it for, I don't know, something like almost 50 years. So what if the pre-tribulation rapture still isn't going to happen for a while? Now, I hope it happens this afternoon. But what if it's six more months or a year or five years or longer? You know, we don't know when that will be. So what if the pre-tribulation rapture doesn't happen for a while and the world keeps racing to actual fulfillment of many of these prophecies? In other words, more and more is being put into place, like relating to the one world economic system, like a digital currency. Although that's, I don't think we could say that's the mark of the beast. I think it, it paves the way where everyone is within one system, you're in or you're out. And if you're in, then of course you would automatically, uh, when the Antichrist came to power, you would take the mark. So that gets complex here. That raises a lot of questions. That's not what I'm trying to do at this point. I'm just saying though, that what if uh, the whole transhuman thing keeps going and people begin to take on uh, aspects of computer versus human? What if artificial intelligence gains a greater and greater and greater control over mankind? Um, what if there's less and less food, more and more starving, more and more disease, more and more war, and the rapture still hasn't happened yet? What? Where would that take us? Well, it would take us I think basically it would take us a lot of places, but one thing it would take us for sure is to persecution. In the world and increasingly in the United States, Christians are persona non grata. That is, we are not welcome. Now, there's plenty of, quote, Christians who fit very nicely with the world system because you're not a threat and might not even be a real Christian. So you'll, you'll get by pretty easy until you don't. But for those who love the Lord and his word and we are captive to him, there probably are hard times coming. So this is what I wanna leave you with today. If you need to know the Lord Jesus Christ today, I want you to call 888-388 2683-888-388-2683. Speak with a counselor there or go to bellevue.org forward slash Jesus. That's B-E-L-L-E-V-U-E period O-R-G forward slash Jesus and learn more about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if the Lord doesn't come first, and Satan, the deep state, or the World Economic Forum, don't double tap me, <laughs> then I'll be back next week with the first episode of First and Second Peter, Hope for Hard Times. 
Please like this episode, share it with someone, and follow the podcast. Bye-bye.